Welcome to day 33 of Shaped by the Word, season two, the drama of Scripture. And we see the faithfulness of God to uh, some very, you know, uh, unfaithful covenant partners. Yeah, he is working, you know, with people like Jacob and like Esau who have no appreciation for who he is and what he has done. Uh, the covenant has not been passed along in a way that we'd like to see it you know, developed in true love and devotion for the Lord. But the Lord, nevertheless, is faithful to his word, working in very difficult and ugly circumstances to bring about the ultimate good for those that love him and are called according to his purposes. And, of course, the ultimate place where he enters our our mess and <clears throat> brings order to our chaos is on the cross uh, of the Lord Jesus Christ. So we come to Genesis chapter 29 as we continue in the story, you know, of Jacob and Esau with a focus more, you know, on, you know, on Jacob at this point. And there is some poetic justice here as the deceiver is, is deceived. Uh, and uh, the story continues in a, in, a, in, a, in a much larger dysfunctional family uh, than, than we realize. So whenever Abram's servant comes to Potomaram, he comes in great wealth, able to lavish gifts on everyone whenever Jacob comes back to the same place. Even though he is the heir of all of this thing, he comes empty-handed uh, into the presence of his brother Laban. So we pick up in uh, chapter 29, verse 1. Heavenly Father, thank you for your word. Uh, we read these characters and we sit aloof and uh, easily you know, condemn them for their short-sightedness. Uh, their eagerness to manipulate situations for their own gain, to give away the great blessings that you've given them for immediate you know, gratification. And yet we, we know that we have looked in a mirror and we have, we have seen ourselves. And we thank you that you have loved us in spite of all of our failings and all of our idolatries. We spent a lot of time, you know, much like Adam and Eve, trying to cover our sin. Uh, rather than walking in your presence and receiving the covering that you've given us in Christ Jesus. As we read today, may you continue, uh, Father, to draw our eyes away from uh, uh, the ugliness of the, 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 the characters that are in the text to the beauty of the God who has breathed into this text to reveal his heart and character to us. It's in your holy name we pray. Amen. And Jacob is just... Uh, met the God uh, of his forefathers, perhaps for the first time. He's seen him personally. Uh, rather than, you know, turning to him immediately and saying, you will be my God, he, he offers conditions under which, you know, God could possibly one day be his God, and he continues in his journey. So we pick up in verse 1 of chapter 29. Then Jacob continued on his journey, and he came to the land of the eastern peoples. There he saw a well in the open country, three flocks of sheep lying near it because the flocks were watered from that well. The stone over the mouth of the well was large. When all the flocks were gathered there, the shepherds would roll the stone away from the well's mouth and water the sheep. Then they would return to the stone to its place over the mouth of the well. Jacob asked the shepherds, My brothers, where are you from? We're from Haran, they replied. He said to them, Do you know Laban, Nahor's grandson? Yes, we know him, they answered. Then Jacob asked them, Is he well? Yes, he is, they said. And here comes his daughter, Rachel, with the sheep. 
Look, he said, the sun is still high. It's not time for the flocks to be gathered. Water the sheep and take them back to the pasture. We can't, they replied, until the flocks are gathered and the stone has been rolled away from the mouth of the well. Then we will water the sheep. While he was still talking with them, Rachel came with her father's sheep, for she was a shepherd. When Jacob saw Rachel's daughter of his uncle Laban and Laban's sheep, he went over and rolled the stone away from the mouth of the well, and he watered his uncle's sheep. Then Jacob kissed Rachel and began to weep aloud. He had told Rachel that he was a relative of her father and a son of Rebekah, so she ran and told her father. As soon as Laban heard the news about Jacob, his sister's son, he hurried to meet him. He embraced him and kissed him, and he brought him to his home, and there Jacob told him all these things. Then Laban said to him, You are my own flesh and my blood. After Jacob had stayed with him for a whole month, Laban said to him, Just because you're a relative of mine, should you work for me for nothing? Tell me what your wages should be. Now Laban had two daughters. The name of the older was Leah, and the name of the younger was Rachel. Leah had weak eyes, but Rachel had a lovely figure and was beautiful. Jacob was in love with Rachel and said, I'll work for you for seven years in return for your younger daughter, Rachel. Laban said, It's better that I give her to you than to some other man. Stay here with me. So Jacob served him seven years to get Rachel, but they seemed like only a few days to him because of his love for her. Then Jacob said to Laban, Give me my wife, my time has come, and I want to make love to her. So Laban brought together all the people of the place and gave him a feast. But when the evening came, he took his daughter Leah and brought her to Jacob, and Jacob made love to her. And Laban gave a servant Zilba to his daughter as her attendant. When morning came, there was Leah. So Jacob said to Laban, What is this you have done to me? I served you for Rachel, didn't I? Why have you deceived me? Laban replied, It is not our custom here to give the younger daughter in marriage before the older one. Finish this daughter's bridal week, then we will give you the younger one also in return for another seven years of work. And Jacob did so. He finished the week with Leah, and then Laban gave him his daughter Rachel to be his wife. Laban gave his servant Billa to his daughter Rachel as her attendant. Jacob made love to Rachel also, and his love for Rachel was greater than his love for Leah, and he worked for Laban another seven years. Uh, that's quite a wedding night uh, to think that you've been married to uh, one daughter uh, only to wake up uh, with the other. Um, we're not sure exactly what went on, but the feast may have been a, a, a really feaceful feast. Uh, <laughs> the wine know, might have and, flowed. And in all of this, and of course, by candlelight, everyone looks good. So here we are. We find ourselves in the middle of the deceiver being deceived and asking the question, what is this you've done to deceive me? Which is one of the most ironic you know, questions in, in, in all of, in all of mm-hmm. Scripture. So what are some of the things that stand out as you, as you read this text? Well, it's a little comical in verse 26 where Laban replied, well, it's not our custom to give the, the younger daughter in marriage before the older one. It's like, you couldn't tell me this seven years ago, Laban? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like you just tell yeah. me about your customs, please. And yeah. so obviously you see there's just... He's withholding, he's deceiving, and obviously Jacob's upset he's been deceived, even though he's been the one to deceive historically as well. So, yeah, a lot of dysfunction here. No, and, it, and it's, it's, it's family-wide. We find it, you know, goes all the way back, you know, to, you know, to the relatives as well. And, of course, we are just at the beginning of the tension that's going to develop between uh, Laban and Jacob and between, between the daughters as well. It's going to be... Uh, again, part of the fall, you know, one of the very first things we see in the light of the fall are two brothers turning against each other. God had created 
you know, Adam and Eve to complete each other and families to support and complement, you know, and be a, you know, be a place where you gain encouragement and thrive. And yet the very root of everything, you know, that God has done, um, you know, in order uh, to support us and to, you know, give us community is dysfunctional. Mm-hmm. And, and of course, you'll see that, you know, in, in Malachi, the last words of the, the Old Testament is, you know, the Spirit of the Lord will come and turn the hearts of the fathers back to the children and the hearts of the children to their fathers. So restoring family unity. Mm-hmm. And just continues to confirm that God is not choosing perfect people. He is a perfect God who comes to broken people. So it always is a comfort knowing that, um, you know, he uses imperfect people, but that he saves and has relationships, you know, with imperfect people. He fulfills his promises, you know, in spite of, yeah, in spite of, you know, perfect people. Mm-hmm. I always wonder, I mean, this is speculation a little bit, but, mm-hmm. you know, last time we met Laban and he hands off Rebecca, you know, it, it came with a lot of gifts and a lot of money and you know, a, a lot of things. And, and so now when Jacob comes back and he's empty handed, you know, all of a sudden now the, the customs are a little different. It's not as, a, not as quick to hand off somebody to someone else. But, mm-hmm. but instead, I, I wonder in the back of Laban's mind if he's wondering, you know, man, will, will the God you know, that, that blessed Isaac, will he bless Jacob? And will my place be blessed as well? And, and I mean, that's speculation. I, I don't know. But it's just interesting to watch the contrast of the two stories uh-huh. uh, and to watch, you know, where Jacob finds himself. But also, um, you know, we're going to meet... We're going to meet Laban and his household and, and the dysfunction that's going to take place mm-hmm. continuing on from this moment. Yeah. yeah. Uh, you have that little phrase, and Jacob uh, told him all these things. What all things yeah. did yeah. you tell him? What yeah. story did, did you say? You know, about the birthright. Did you tell him about the blessing? <laughs> you know, yeah. did you uh, tell him about, you know, uh, your uh, your sister's role and all of the deceit? Or how had he colored and how had he yeah. flavored the story? You know, had he made himself, you know, look like a hero? Did Jacob even think, you know, that uh, God's promises to him would come true? He's, he's already made a, a deal with him. If all this happens, you, you can be my God. Mm-hmm. But he is probably thinking, this is it. This is the best it's ever going to get for me. I don't know that I'll ever, you know, be able to go back, you know, with the threat of Esau looming over me. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, I, I have nothing to give, so I'll give seven years. Mm-hmm. And they, they went as, as, as nothing. Mm-hmm. And, of course, uh, you, you see in him, you know, uh, uh, loving a wife for her form and her beauty. And, 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 of course, we immediately have compassion on Leah, you know, who doesn't come with, with all the natural gifts. And, and, and you're going to see this as the story develops and as, as a result, unloved. Mm-hmm. It'll also be, you know, we meet Leah... Leah had weak eyes, but Rachel had a lovely figure and was beautiful. That this, as the story unfolds, Leah, you know, goes from uh, attempting to maybe find her identity in mm-hmm. in being loved by, you know, Jacob, mm-hmm. will eventually come to the place where she finds herself loved by God Himself and mm-hmm. and rests in that identity. And you know, we'll watch that names are important, and and we'll see. I'm getting ahead of it a little bit, but yeah. we are. But it is Friday, and uh, we do need a you know a good cliffhanger for you know next Monday. Dun, dun, dun. And uh, next Monday we will find that you know God again meets uh, the one who is forgotten, mm-hmm. and uh, and and meets the one who is unloved and shows His grace you know, in, in, in a special way. And, and of course, there will be a huge conflict as. 
uh, you know, she competes for Jacob's attention, and so does Rachel compete for Jacob's attention, mm-hmm. and the attention that it's going to cause for for quite a while. As a matter of fact, it will work its way out through the rest of Exodus, and we we have quite a few chapters. I mean, the rest of Genesis. Pardon me, uh, and uh, we have quite a few chapters left uh, as we move through that. Now we've seen God fulfilling being the faithful covenant keeper, even as they look for a wife for Isaac and she's found. And now here, Isaac's son, Jacob is looking for a wife and and they are found. And so those promises that God's kept are, he's continuing, even, even though it's crazy sounding and in such Mm -hmm. a mess, he's still faithfully providing what is needed in order for his promise to be a huge theme and the same way that Abraham's servant was guided exactly to, you know, to the well, uh, you know, where one of, um, you know, um, Bethuel's, you Mm -hmm. know, daughters, you know, came, you know, to water her flock. So the same thing is happening here. One of Laban's daughters is coming to water the flock. And you have, uh, you have uh, Jacob, you know, trying to be a hero in the middle of this. Uh, We're reminded that he uh, did not look like a hairy garment and had to have goat skin on him, you know, in order to feel like he was, you know, a manly man and smelled like, you know, dirt. But we see him moving the big stone. So it's kind of an interesting, you know, heroic movement on his part, you know, to try to win that. And of course, we can't. I mean, it, it's it, it, not a deep connection, but you can't mm-hmm. hear heavy stone rolled away, and 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 not think yeah. ultimately, mm-hmm. you know, the dilemma facing the the three women as they came to the tomb of Jesus. Mm-hmm. There you go. Uh, name Rachel does mean young lamb. Hmm. Uh, or you. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you have her. And, and it would, would have been unusual, you know, for her to be, uh, to be a, you know, a shepherd. Uh, it usually would have been one of, one, of, one of the guys. And, of course, you see that as, you know, as uh, Jacob comes, that he takes the role, you know, that his wife had, had once had as being the shepherd of Laban's. Laban's fox. Father, thank you for your goodness. Thank you for your word. Thank you for your provision. Thank you how you move uh, in order to accomplish your purposes in ways that sometimes are imperceptible to us, but every bit is rich and is meaningful. Uh, we thank you that you are a God who not only makes covenants with his people, but has fulfilled his covenants in a way that is beyond our imaginations. And we thank you for how we see these ultimately fulfilled for us in Christ. And we see so much more than, than they saw, even than uh, you know, Jacob was able to see with the, the stairway of heaven open you know, before him. And yet we have not nearly seen the grandeur of the completion of, of your process in us. So we thank you for the moment in which we walk in your grace. And we thank you for the hope that we have that there is more grace yet to come and that you have blessed us with grace on top of grace, on top of grace. It's in your holy name we pray. Amen. Amen.